and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. And we're back. We are back. It's just you and I this time. Yeah. Miss CJ. Yeah, we uh, had to shuck and jive, move some things, and it ended up just being us. We'll get to the top ten, uh, or the, our, our guilty pleasures our when four, he comes back. Greatest, yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have to do that. His are incredibly interesting. <laughs> I, I just a, just a primer, I guess, for that is that I had. I mean, it's interesting seeing what people feel as like right. guilty pleasures. I would have. I look just knowing, like, getting to know CJ a right. little bit, would have never thought like he listened to like Euro Trash. <laughs> so it's, um, it's definitely some of that was interesting. I don't want to get into it now. I want to mm-hmm. save it for that episode. Yeah. But I think we have all chosen these songs on the terms of different definitions of guilty pleasures. Oh, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that's what's going to be fun to kind of explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're back. We are back. We have some things to catch up on, but we have some politics now. Finally, we're going to get to um, some things. I mean, how can you not at least pay attention to politics in this time? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to try to get to talking again Um about that stuff because we kind of got away from it, trying to try to you know well, just liven things up a little bit. That and there just wasn't anything I mean, really new to talk about. Right. It's, it's no coordination between the federal, state, and local right. governments, and it was just it just got old to complain about. Right. But oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Oh, I can't do this. Well, I can't do that. Well, I'm sad about this. I can't go to Disneyland. I'm still mad about. I mean, I. <laughs> Knowing how <laughs> how important Disneyland is to your life, like I can, you know, like, they, I can imagine they reopened Chinese China's Disneyland, yeah. um, but they're doing it with like all these restrictions. You have to wear masks. You have to stand six feet apart. There's a limited number of people mm-hmm. in the park, so they're setting the Disneyland China is really interesting. I watch I watched this whole documentary on Disney on Disney Plus. You know, I've read that biography on Disney. Like, I'm obsessed, right? Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about Disneyland China is the, well, obviously, the government owns the majority of it. Yeah. And so they're watching them kind of navigate through this in reopening. Yeah. I'm sure it's not all on Disney, obviously, yeah. if the government is majority owner of it. So that'll be interesting to see how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it sets the stage or sets the parameters for how Disney parks open in the U.S. and other places sure. around the world. I gosh, I just I feel like that is. Um, I can't help but feel that this that type of economy, where it's a it's very it's like a mixed. It's like a all well all economies are are mixed, but the fact that having that <sighs> kind of level of, of private, you good? Yeah, I'm choking on my drink. <laughs> Go <laughs> like ahead. That that level of private and public ownership of a of a company, mm-hmm. like like splitting the ownership and, and equity stakes uh, between public between the public and private, I have a I have a, a very scary I have a very scary thought that that is the direction that the that we're all heading. Oh, even in Western democracies, especially after COVID, right? Um, and especially, I, I think we're ta- talking about a lot of um, maybe even heading potentially heading maybe not that c- complete direction mm-hmm. but heading more towards like the robber robber baron era of the late 1800s and i think we were we were already heading that direction what does that mean of having <laughs> well of having like the main like the main sectors of the economy only yeah. owned by a select number of firms so like oh, Rock, like rockefeller gotcha, gotcha. and carnegie those kind of like carnegie owned all of the steel right mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and then um you know rockefeller with the i think it was banking but anyway right. but it was 
we're, I think we're heading that way with, with Bezos and Gates oh. and like the telecommunication. And if you look at Disney and the telecommunica- like telecommunications, right. there's like only three or four main um, main owners of telecommunications. When you say stuff like that, how do you not at least consider conspiracies? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Well, I think once you start to see um, the marriage between special interests and in, in, you know corporate interests and in, right. in, in, um, in government, and I don't think that that is necessarily like a um, I don't know if it starts or even as at any point necessarily has to be a real nefarious. You know, I think one of the I I think the problem I have <laughs> inherently with with conspiracy yeah. theories is that there all there seems to be like this implicit. Um, like real shady side to them. And I guess maybe mm-hmm. conspiracies don't necessarily conspiracy theories don't have to have a, like a, a shady, a shady side element, or a shady it. element to right. it. It can just, you know, it used things that aren't open, yeah. maybe, but you can use it to explain events. Right. I mean, like it's not, it's not information that are, it's made public. So therefore it could fall within the conspiracy theory umbrella, right? but it doesn't have like a nefarious or a sinister mm-hmm. motive behind it. It's just not public information. Right. I'm just a cynic, dude. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. And I think that's why we balance each other. So really I question well. everybody. I'm like, what are you doing? What's your real motive? Mm-hmm. But I mean, and I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into this. I just want to say this statement of like cynicism and like conspiracy theories and, and people, mm-hmm. Um, cause that could get us down a road of, uh, Hobbes and Rousseau of like intention and, <laughs> sure. and motives, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 uh, but I'm just thinking about like, I mean, so many times in history when we uncover things and like, holy crap, this was actually all kind of interconnected and there were people do making moves in the background that kind mm-hmm. of forced the hand. And that's why. Yeah. So I, I, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, I always am. <laughs> I, I just like in, in our own area, little areas of study. I, right. I remember like my, uh, my junior, my junior paper for history 300, I wrote on uh Sikh recruitment into the colonial army of India you know, during the oh, 1800s yeah, yeah, and yeah. like in how um, conceptualizations of, of race and class and gender really, um, really propel like how that's like how both, conceptualizations of race and class and gender both in the metropole back in England right. and, you know, and then also in the colonies kind of they they, re- they, they, they influence each other over time and how um, and, you, and you look at how you know s- small little actors behind the scenes were were instrumental in implementing right. certain policies on how to like what kind of physical attributes, um, did were you know did certain you know ra- these races these constructed races in India what kind of physical attributes would make them good soldiers uh-huh. and it's I don't know it's just I don't know, it's that I, I guess it's that kind of that kind of stuff that if you were to talk about that today right it's a conspiracy yes. theory but you study it in history and you're like that's that was that was legit that's so that's what it, I've been saying <laughs> every day so I'm watching this movie it's based on a book called Motherless Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? I have not. It's uh, so Edward Norton wrote the movie and directed the movie. Um, it's got a bunch of people in the cast, um, but it's about like the gentr- gentrification and just uh, basically destroying of um, uh, 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 colored neighborhoods. Sure. That's that's Latino. That's mm-hmm. African American. Just the cities like push to 
to get them out of neighborhoods and claim them as like slums and then revamp them for mm-hmm. middle class. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Edward Norton plays a, a private detective who has Tourette's. Okay. And, and he's kind of, I'm, dude, I love Edward. I love Edward. Dude, he's so great, but it's, uh, I'm only halfway through the movie, but it's just interesting. It's sure. interesting because there's historical elements, you know, mm-hmm. thread throughout it. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was based on a book until like two seconds ago. So hmm. that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, anyways, everything is a conspiracy and I'm always <laughs> right. <laughs> is me always being right a conspiracy? Mm. Mm. It might be. Too deep. It too might deep. be. Uh, time to check in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't you know. don't have to. No, no, I know. I know. Okay. Um, I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be brief. I, okay. Because I, I think one of the reasons why the, why our list, the, the listeners that we have mm-hmm. really cherish our show and we, cause we hear, we hear from you guys a lot and we yeah. really appreciate the feedback and the loyal, loyal listenership from a lot of, from a lot of you guys. Um, is because I think you and I have always really tried to be open and honest about what's going on in our lives with our listeners on this show. Yeah. We've been, we've opened up about things that we, you know, that were probably really personal. I know you and you, yours and Jen's struggles. Yeah. You've talked about. Jake, uh, Dimitri always says that I'm fake on this show. What? Yeah. He says, you're, you're always more real on knuckle draggers than you are. Say what you mean. And, and and we got into this huge, like long argument or debate about it. Sure. but it, it's just a different different mask. Like, when I put on Say What You Mean, it's like, let's look at things a little more uh, uh, constructively. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's think about things. Um, let's, let's deconstruct the way mm-hmm. that we're looking at things. Let's talk about things. Let's hash this out. But also, I talk about infertility and uh, women's health care and, mm-hmm. uh, and all the things that I'm living through, not because that's some fake element of me that's yeah. very ingrained you talking about mental health like these are things that couldn't be more real to who we are um on on knuckle draggers yes i'll make dick and fart jokes but it's that's also who i am yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so i just wanted to point that out that like i think yes i think that people appreciate the elements of the shows and and other shows where their hosts are real mm-hmm. and they're not like hey guys welcome back to say what you mean uh, <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? it, there is a very real component to i don't this. i don't want to listen to people that i that are faking it no i want to hear about their lives like yes they may talk about like oh let's analyze this uh stupid youtube video mm-hmm. and make fun of the people in it right yeah. but also in that episode you're talking about some very real things that you're going through mm-hmm. i just appreciate that and yeah I know uh, I don't want that to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but it's it's also things I enjoy mm-hmm. about podcasts. So, yeah. um, so we try to be, I mean, and some of this shit is things that people don't talk about. Yeah. Mental health, infertility. Those two, those have got to be at the top of the list of things that people do not talk about yeah. or the top of the list that people of, of things that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And they're so ingrained in just our, everybody's lives. Yeah. All like infertility is so prevalent and it's de- it's just heartbreaking. Mental health the same. And everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, I mean I know I know a little bit about it. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> no. No. You don't. Ugh. It's just like or it's just like or you get you get the uh it's and it comes from a good place. The the other people? Yeah, from from other like from other people when they okay. say stuff to you about yes. like your struggles that they oh, don't understand. Jake, yes, you're speaking my is, language right now. It's like you get the well, why don't you just do fill in the yes. blank? Yes. Why don't yes. you just do this? Like, you don't think I haven't thought of that? You don't think that? <laughs> you don't think that if I could have? Yeah. 
I would have. Right. It's like, why don't you just be happy? Yeah. Why don't you, like, everything's going to be okay. Well, damn it. I never thought that everything could Duh, just be okay. Dude. It's just, I mean, but it's because like, I, it's hard to be frustrated at that because it does, it is coming from a good place. Oh, you're but speaking there is, my language, But there is Jay. nothing <laughs> worse to hear when you're in, you're just in your own head mm-hmm. and everything seems like it's crashing down around you right. to just be told, well, everything's just going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. I wish I could believe that. Yes, yes. But those words mean nothing to me right now. And those are like, and, and for some, and it's almost like I would almost rather you just be blunt and be like, snap out of your fucking head. Yeah, you're being whatever. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then the um, att- I guess the attempt at uh, trying oh, to sue. See, that's scary. But I'm glad you're telling me that because if I'm going to be anything, it's going to be blunt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, like that's fucking bullshit, Jake. You need to stop. But I need always I, from a place of love. I know that. <laughs> and I and I need like for me it's accountability. Yeah. Accountability is huge in oh, my life. Oh, I'll hold it, you accountable. It's huge in my life. <laughs> and in in I think that for a long time mm-hmm. um I was able to skate by with this thing that's in me, this mm-hmm. anxiety and this depression that right. has ate at me forever not being held accountable for my actions. And I think I kind of said that the other day. I know. I know you did. <laughs> and other people have said yeah. this to me as yeah. well. And um, it's gotten to the point where I can't um, I can't do this without I can't continue to uh, to live without professional help. It's and just tools, man. You just don't have the tools yet. And the help is going to provide those tools. Mm-hmm. I, I, I met with a, uh, a counselor when we were in school. I mean, I That's think right. you knew I a little bit yeah. about it. I, I um I, I had a the two the two darkest moments of of my life mm-hmm. were uh, were my second semester at Washington State Vancouver mm-hmm. and then re- the last week right and I know we talked a couple weeks ago when CJ was on and I and I had said that everything was you know I had 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 gotten to this point and I thought I thought that had been was the lowest right. it was going to get and then something knocked at the door and realized I can go deeper yeah um so it's just. I have to go get that help for sure because I was listening. It's, it's funny how when you're in these moments, music has such a more like more meaning in your life than, than ever. Absolutely. And I was listening to fast car by Tracy Chapman. Okay. Um, and that's just, that song just really resonates with me right now because there's, um, it's kind of like things that you, it's kind of like that realization that you no matter how much you try to make something work, no matter how much you want it to work and mm-hmm. you and you think that it's this escape that ultimately just there's some things that just don't work out and they're out it's out of your control uh yeah i know i i know <laughs> i i know i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm not no, I, tell, I if anybody <laughs> yes. knows that it's that's you. why I'm, i love this conversation so right it's uh so i i i right now you know i'm i'm stable i'm fine i'm like i'm having this conversation and like right. i feel more like I feel more centered and I, d- I definitely feel more, uh, uh, I feel more, I have more clarity mm-hmm. than normal, but I mean, I, I slip right back into Easy. it pretty easily yeah. and it's got to the point where, I mean, it's like the, the lyric here just that, that really resonated with me was, um, oh, we gotta, we gotta make a decision. We leave tonight or live and die this way. Mm. And I just got, to, I mean, I'm at the point, man, where if I can, if I just, if I stay status quo, mm-hmm. I will die this way. Right. Right. And I have to do, I, if I'm going to live, I have to do something. Sure. So well, yeah. I'm going to, I'm, 
last week was really hard and, and thank you guys for understanding um, what we missed a week and we, uh, we thankfully we had the backlog of uh, to the Republic mm-hmm. and I uh, hope you guys liked that episode, but the, and I'm, I'm hoping to be back by next, by next week, but I'm going, I'm going into a, an inpatient mm-hmm. um, program. So I'm going to be away from my phone and everything. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, this is kind of like the, that last, the last step. I have to pretty much surrender myself and lay down my sword and, and say that I, I can't win this fight without professional help. For sure. I don't have the tools. I don't have the ability and the f- people around me can't, I can't keep putting, I can't keep putting this on them. Right. I, they don't know how to, they don't know how to fix me. And as much as they try and as much as they want to and how much they love me, they, they, they can't, they can't do it. So (laughs) I know (laughs) (laughs) it's, I just, you're not in the place. I I think, I feel like you're just not in the, in the place. I was, just wasn't in the place to really like comprehend all of that until like I realized, you know, how bad it had gotten. And, and I, and I'm just, I'm really sorry to everybody who, who listens in that I've hurt because I, I know I can be grading. I, I, I know my, the, my, the behavior that stems from my anxiety and my, like this caused by my, my insecurities that's caused by my anxiety just manifests in, in not helpful behavior. And I just, I just hope that you guys remember, I hope that the people who know me will remember me for the person like I tried to be and the person that I hope to become than then the then the thing that I that this thing forced me to be, so I'm gonna go get that help, and I hope that <laughs> I I hope that you know this is this is the I hope I can look back in a year, and listen back to this episode and 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 uh, and see how far I've come. Right. And so I, it's just trying to do. I, it's the last. I had a mo- like Friday night. My parents had to come over, and honestly, dude, like if it wasn't for Bo and my parents, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I would be here. Right. And the um and it's just uh i'm scared man like i'm so scared and i just i was scared to go get that help i'm scared to admit that 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 because there's so much that comes with that people think that you're you know people think that you're sick people think that they can't trust you with things and you know they're going to look at me differently Hmm. and I'm, i'm scared about all that i'm scared about being away i i just i don't know and i'm terrified but like this is like i I remember saying to my parents like i don't have any fight left in me mm-hmm. and it, so this is like the last this this is taking being able to make this decision and go is like the last bit of energy that i have mm-hmm. so um yeah that's uh sorry to get really real there everybody but that's just that's where i'm at i and think i hope and I pray that you'll find new energy when you go. I hope so. Like I, really I said, do. you don't have the tools, right? So I, I don't know any. I'm not a mental health professional, but I can only speak on my own experience. But there, I used to be super like reactive and angry and yell. I was raised by a yeller, so I yell, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Well, not me specifically. General's like, you know what? You should probably talk to somebody. <laughs> you know, there's so much trauma in my life. As a kid, uh, my dad going to prison when I was 10 years old and then being deported and like uh, at 21, you know, finding out that my dad is not my dad. Like there's 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 so much in all the research I'm doing about kids and trauma and raising kids who have been through trauma that you kind of realize your own trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody's trauma is different. Like yeah. we had a huge conversation with Jen's dad a few weekends ago about just 
his traumas as a child and then Jen's siblings as trauma and like they're not they're not they're not their parents going to prison right mm-hmm. but they feel the same way as if their parents have gone to prison the yeah. trauma is still real and, yeah. and, and, and impacting so she was like you should go get your trauma checked out and I was like I should um, and I always had a short fuse with Clay when he was younger I wanted to kill that kid and he would always for what for some reason he just always got me like, he could just, I'd be, get the fuck away from me. Like, just snap. Mm-hmm. And then I went to, to counseling, and I talked, and I and she gave me tools and, and, and ways to handle things. And then from that moment on, she just let me, help me see things differently. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. And now, from that day forward, from, the, from getting the help forward, from those days forward, he would do the same things that always triggered me to want to punch him in the face and i just be like nah get out of here kid yeah like it didn't even bother me anymore and it was like i could feel the difference in me because in the back of my head was always that this the words that i that i had with this this therapist you know what i mean yeah the tools like just remember this just remember that Mm -hmm. when you start feeling like this remember this and i'm like yeah okay lady but when my dad went to prison thank god my mom was a stable person because who knows what would have happened to us kids but when he went to prison, my mom was like, I can't do this alone. And these kids are going to be fucked up if I don't take care of it. And she immediately put us into to counseling, family counseling, individual counseling. My brother was, he had a, I don't want to out all of his mm-hmm. dirt, but he had anger management issues. Uh, and I always say that the three of us kind of um, handled the trauma very differently. Yeah. And it's always, and as a person who loves sociology and, and, mm-hmm. and examining people, it's like, you know, my brother was angry and he acted out. And my sister, you know, uh, uh, she kind of introverted, right? Stopped talking to everybody about her feelings. And me, I wanted to just always cry and talk about my feelings. But then I also tried to fill those voids with other things, terrible things. So when you apologize and you say, I know I know, everybody has their own trauma, right? But everybody has their own guilt. Yeah. There are things, there are, <laughs> there are things I've done. There are things I've said in my life that I, I've told you this before. You would be like, you're a fucking terrible person but we grow and we change yeah and i pray that through this you'll find growth Mm -hmm. and you'll find change you'll find the tools you need um because i don't like hearing that you'll say like you don't have the strength to keep going so i hope that through this you do find the strength um and i told you this the other day people care about you more than you know and I said something like, uh, uh, I know you think, I know you know we care about you, but I know that you also know that you don't know how much we care about you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's like um, pretty much word for word what you yeah. said, yeah. So just remember that. And I know that that's, that's just like everybody saying, well, just, just uh, it'll happen. You guys will have a kid eventually. No, we won't, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I kept saying, like, I appreciate this. You're, you're, you're speaking my language because... It's not mental health, and I don't get mental health. I genuinely can admit that and say that. Jen, with her anxiety, it's just I'm just like flabbergasted. Like, what are you talking about? My mom has anxiety and depression. I'm like, what? Like, how do you feel like that? That's weird. Like, I just can't comprehend it. I can't, Mm -hmm. but I know that. You know what I mean? So I'm sensitive to it because you have to. If you if you if you're telling people what the fuck to do, I'll never tell you what to do. I'll always encourage you. But yeah, and I'm always going to hold your ass accountable too, as you should. And <laughs> I just, 
I can I cannot believe that I I was able to, I put all of this stuff onto Kylie for so many years, mm-hmm. and she loved me in spite of it. For sure, and I never I could never thank her enough for that. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I just I, I there's so much that I am sorry for. And I, I have to go. I have to go get. I just have to go get right. There's right. just wake, waking up. I, I just. I don't know. It's like one of one of the tools when I was like I was in a crisis management uh, my crisis crisis management classes. That was like a group thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I went to two of them uh, throughout school, and I, I met for like the last year and a half at Washington State. I met every week with uh, with a counselor there, and she was amazing. If you go to if you're a listener from Washington State, Vancouver, if you ever have um, any mental health issues, any anxiety at all, please go see Dr. McGinnis. She's in the health and wellness center. She's absolutely amazing. That's so awesome. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something, again, that's not something that people necessarily recognize that's available to them. No, I didn't either. That's I, what had I'm no, I had no idea that the campus had that and right. had the, 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 the professionals there. Like you would think that oh, there's just so kind of like epic. some rinkadink, like hokey thing. Right. And, some grads, but like, right. Or it's just <laughs> somebody who doesn't like really know what they're doing. Ooh, that's like, terrifying. No, but it's but, like, yeah. she's, she's absolutely amazing. Um, and it took me a long time to be comfortable with opening up a lot about a lot of stuff. For and, sure. Like, you know, it, it's, it's waking. It, it's one of the, one, anyway, back to the, one of the skills is like, uh, turning the, it's just turning the mind. And that was one thing that I really worked hard on, which was like, if you're if you're feeling anxiety anxious about something like mm-hmm. even if it's like it's minimal like being like you're going to be late and there's nothing you can do like there's mm-hmm. traffic there's nothing you can do that is going to make you get to that place on right. time and instead of just feeling that anxiety just turn your mind and mm. that's something that i practice and practice and practice and practice unfortunately i started doing it with bigger and bigger and bigger things right and you can't turn away you have to address some of those yeah bigger things and I found a quote from Harry, like in the Harry Potter books mm-hmm. yesterday, and it was uh, from the Sorcerer's Stone. And it's when Dumbledore is talking to Harry. Aren't those like some of the best parts of each book? Is at the end, yeah. Dumbledore Always. and Harry having those those conversations. Closure. And uh, so Dumbledore tells Harry he uh, he says, um, well, let, me, "Let me find the quote really quick. This one's a little bit more uh, on point with where I'm at. It says, numbing the pain for a while will make it worse when you finally feel it.'" And I think I I did that for a long time. I tried to I tried to numb the pain. I tried for to not sure. I tried to not feel. And eventually, those chickens come home to roost. Mm-hmm. You can't not address them. Yeah. And all of that came crashing. All of that came all that came crashing down on me. Right. And it's, it's these feelings of insecurity, these feelings of, of self hatred. Like you look in the mirror, and all you see is is you don't see anything that you like. And I've and right. I've never been able to I've never been able to do that. Everywhere mm-hmm. I feel unworthy. Everywhere I go, I don't feel like I'm worthy to be in the presence of people. I feel like that's why I never talked in class. It wasn't right. because it wasn't because I didn't like people or I was yeah. I was like I was self like I, I was self conscious. I didn't believe that I was I didn't believe that I was supposed to be there. You're like ten times smarter than everyone in that room. <clears throat> <laughs> I wish I believed it. I'll keep telling you. But I mean, there's I mean, there, obviously it's not all bad. Like obviously, right. like I know what I, I know that I ha- I know that. I have good attributes, but it's just, it, it's just, it's been so long, man. I don't remember the last time I felt anything that wasn't anxiety. Hmm. So I just, are you on any medication? Do you no, mind me asking? Okay. I don't, I'm not. Um, How do you feel about it? I, 
so I took I took a pill one time. Okay. And it was the worst splitting headache I've ever had. Uh, I was delirious, and I it, it just. You also blame your food poisoning on Taco Bell. I did get food poisoning <laughs> from Taco Bell. <laughs> CJ's brother would uh he he would argue that. Why did he work at Taco Bell or something? No, or? he's a nurse, but he wants to know your Taco Bell timeline because he doesn't think he got it from Taco Bell. <laughs> okay, we're gonna address this really quick. I went. <laughs> Okay. I went to I went to listen, I, Micah, because he's gonna tell you. All right. So I went to Taco Bell. It was about eight. I got off work at eight. It was about eight thirty that I rolled. PM. Into, PM. Okay. I rolled into Taco Bell about eight thirty. I went inside. <laughs> Nobody's at the front counter. I'm the only person in the lobby. Okay. And I'm standing there, and I'm standing there, and I'm standing there. Mm-hmm. Finally, after about five minutes, it felt like ten. It was probably only five. Yeah. Dude ro- walks out and goes, "What can I get you?" And I order two chicken chalupas. Okay. I didn't order the Supreme because I don't like sour cream. You, of course, and you don't. But they came with sour cream. But I'm not the kind of person that's <laughs> ever going to complain. I've never sent food back in my life. Never? And I've never returned a single item that I've bought. I, let me just interject here. I don't think I've ever seen my mom take a plate as it is. Really? <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It's funny how people are so opposite about it's that. It drives me insane. Um, so I will literally just, I will pay fifty. I, I would pay fifty. I'm the same way. I would pay fifty dollars for food that I won't yeah. eat. Yeah, because I told I'm my too mom, nervous to send it back. If they brought me a plate of dog shit, I'd get. Oh, I guess I'm eating dog shit today. Like I would not <laughs> send it back. Yeah, I just can't do it. Yeah, me I neither. can't do it. Um, so uh, sour cream. So it comes with sour. The chicken chalupa comes with sour cream, and it felt warm. Like okay. it was like the chalupa was was not that like hot okay it was cold but it felt like it was room temp you know it felt like it I was room temperature i think uh chipotle got in trouble with that because our avocado mm-hmm. wasn't properly like cooled yeah and it was making people sick yeah but so the, the the my my one day at safeway there goes our chipotle oh there's a sponsor. story that's a story i gotta tell you <laughs> about how my one day at safeway then i quit oh yeah we gotta get there get there so, but hold on um Anyway, the the chalupa, mm-hmm. um, uh, I I ate both of them, and it was disgusting. But I ate it because I was hungry, and the Blazers were playing. And I went home. I felt okay. But I was laying there, in about two o'clock in the three o'clock in the morning, okay. about two thirty three. I woke up with just completely. Do I was completely delirious. I guess that's six hours. Yeah, so I immediately went to, and I don't throw up, man. This is the first time I've thrown up. Mm-hmm. I had thrown up in probably six, seven years. Okay, I have a very, I have a pretty strong stomach. No, you don't. You just eat the same crap. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't venture out and generally. When, your eat. Par- when we were playing Xbox the other day, your parents came over and we could hear them like, "Oh, we brought you chicken strips." And who were we playing with? Carter. Carter was like, "I want chicken strips." I'm like. He only eats chicken strips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a chicken strip guy. Like, yeah, you are. Go to a nice restaurant. Like, yeah, what is your, what's your guys' chicken strips look yeah. like? Yeah. <laughs> we have a filet mignon. Nah, chick, tell me about the chicken strips. <laughs> yep. <laughs> are they breaded? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was it was about six hours. Okay. okay. And I was sick. I tried to go to work. I've only left work while I'm there mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. That was the first time. Okay. Michael will have to reassess this and talk okay. about this later. I would. I'm interested to see what he has to say, but because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, that was the only thing I ate. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. Anyways, uh, I don't know why we got off on that. Something for medication, but 
medication. Yeah. So it gave you a splitting headache. Give me an awful headache. Oh, that's why I brought it up. Because yeah. I'm like, are you sure it was the medication? It had to be. Okay, so. I've never had a headache. Like that Jen's life. anxiety, like her dad has inc- insane anxiety. And all of her brothers do. Mm-hmm. And one night she she had anxiety and she was getting tension in her chest and she's like i need to go to the hospital and i was like all right let's go so they like did an ekg they were trying to figure out what the hell they thought something was wrong with her heart doctor was like do you have anxiety and she's like nah nah, i don't got anxiety and i always said i'm pretty sure you got anxiety dude if all these people in your family have it you probably have anxiety and so she we went to we went to the physician and he was just like you know Sounds like you have anxiety. Have you considered taking medication? She's like, well, all my brothers do and my dad does. But she's like, I'm just so worried about not feeling myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like, here's the thing, Jen. Like, you can go through your life struggling or you can get a little help from this medication. And we'll start with the smallest dose just to see how you feel. And she was like. She would, She didn't want to do it. She wanted to try all these natural ways, and, and she was doing exercises and, and doing other things. You're talking about turning away, doing things like that. And the doctor's like, let's just give it a shot. I can't tell you. I can't express and explain in a way that anybody will ever understand what it felt like getting that person back. That, again, watching her turn back into the person that was my best friend, was mm-hmm. funny, was silly, could laugh about stuff and, and make me laugh harder than anyone has ever made me laugh. Those are not things that I had seen for years because of anxiety. But a little dose of this little medication that helps the chemical imbalance brought her back. And I was like, holy shit. So I just want to put that. It, everybody's different, mm-hmm. but that's just something to consider. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think I do need medication. I Maybe just, I'm just well in I'm just the in, in the professional in the professionals will help right, right. decide if that's right. Uh, but I just am my my fear with that is mm-hmm. and and this reason one of the reasons why I don't I don't drink right. I don't. I've never smoked. I've never taken any sort of, other than caffeine. Mm-hmm. There's n- there's really no drug that I right. have ever taken or will ever take. And it's mostly because there's addiction runs in my family. Uh-huh. And I know I have a very dependent personality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the reason why I won't gamble either. Dude, gamble. So well, we bet tacos. That's true. I'll <laughs> bet tacos. But I'll never go to like an actual gambling establishment. That's have you ever that, done it? No. I hate it. Really? I hate it. I feel like I'm throwing away money. And I'm like, this is not tight. I, but betting on betting tacos or like betting a game or like the tournament, mm-hmm. the video game tournament we yeah. just did. That stuff's fun. I like that. that that's yeah, that's way different. Yeah. But like betting on sports is I don't know. It's kind of different to me, and I love it. But go ahead. I could never <laughs> bet on. Side note: I could never bet on sports because I think I'm too smart. You think you're too smart. I think I'm too okay, smart. Gotcha. So I would lose money. Yeah. all of the time. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so medication. Yeah. Um, I'm nervous about. I'm nervous about what it would do to my brain because hmm. I like as much as. This thing yeah. f's with me and yeah. keeps me from having a healthy life. I also know what this thing is capable of, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I'm, I'm afraid to mess that up yeah, because yeah. I want to. You sound my, like Jen. My recall memory, my yeah. 
my ability to um, to think things right. the way that I think about them yeah. on multitude of levels and, and deep and the breadth and depth of the issues that I'm able and the connectedness and the quickly being able to read data and synthesize it together. Yeah. Like, that is such a, I, that's the one thing I cherish about myself. For like sure. that's like a, through it's everything impressive. is the ability, my ability to do that. And I do it very effectively. Yeah. And it got me through college. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared that mm-hmm. medication would, will take that away from no, me. That's okay. I mean, just once you feel it and you feel different, if you don't like it, keep communicating that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Talk through it. Cause that's what they're there for. Like I said, she was nervous and scared and how's this going to change me? Am I going to be the same person? And I watched her change back into somebody that I didn't, hadn't realized was gone. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's good. That's good to know. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Well, I just me. want people, anyone and just you specifically, but like I, I watched her in that fear mm-hmm. and then she was like, okay, I'll try like the minimal dosage. Yeah. And she did. And just that little bit, she's like, I still have anxiety, but it just took that edge off of life mm-hmm. and i'm like okay again something i can't comprehend or understand but watching somebody who i see every day do that same thing and just this little medication just helped a little bit yeah and she has emergency ones for when she has big moments mm-hmm. and big anxiety yeah. um and she used to have a coworker who would harass her um and the hr and the union didn't do shit about it Fuck. um so she had to take emergency medication to go to work sometimes so oh my god that's awful. Yeah. Fuck so people. yeah, they're the worst. So in that in that spiel, I mean, like I said, like people are sometimes hesitant, and I see hesitancy in you, but just always communicate because it's not. It's there's nothing wrong with going. I don't know if this is working for me because I'm affected this way. Yeah. Work through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's there for a reason. Um, I want to give everyone a will real quick. Um, while Jake's gone. If you guys are interested and you guys have encouraging words or you want to have them come back to a nice uh, minute long clip of you singing beautiful songs <laughs> to them. Uh, if you go to anchor.fm, um, I think it's on uh, here. Let me get the exact wa- website. Anchor.fm slash say what you mean podcast. Um, there's a on the far right on the top of the menu mm-hmm. is there's a message button and you can leave a voicemail. So. You can do that anytime. You don't have to just do it today. It's always there. Um, words of encouragement, words of, I don't know, tell him he's, tell him he's right and he's an idiot. No one likes him. Like, if you <laughs> want to do that, do that too. Because hey, I sure honest, as hell do that. On, honesty is, uh, is, is key. So. <laughs> no, but there's a message. It's always there. You can always send us a message if you have ideas for the show, if you have suggestions, compliments, critiques, words of encouragement, like I said. That message button is always there, anchor.fm slash say what you mean podcast. Um, and if you don't mind it being shared on the show, I'll play it on the show. If you don't want it shared on the show and you want it just for Jake, let me know and I can do that too. Um, but I know it just seems like me and you at this table, but there are a lot of people out there listening who are rooting for you. Really, th- I appreciate that. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so let's switch gears here. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for sharing. I know... It is helpful in every for everybody to hear that. Um, I have news and things I'm getting into. I told you. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for you guys. But I'm going to get into that a different time. Okay. I will say that Jen and I have considered starting a podcast. Um, maybe not like a, a weekly, mm-hmm. you know, two-year, 88-episode <laughs> show. But maybe a series, a quick series about 
our journey with infertility, where we're going, where we're wanting to go, and just experiences and things that we've learned about routes we've taken, roads we've and you know had to turn away from. Um, but just to be, you know, and there's a lot of people who put a lot of support into us monetarily, emotionally, in so many different ways. And we don't want those people to feel like, well, what was that for? Mm-hmm. So we're going to give every, but it's a way to give everybody an update through a podcast format, um, a way so that I don't have to write it all out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, you know, so you can hear our voices. It's mm-hmm. more personal so you can listen. Yeah. Um, and maybe one day our children will get to hear our journey to them. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but I'll get to that. We'll all uh, I'll n- announce it officially when it's official. Um, and the other things that mm-hmm. we've got going on when that's more official. Um, but for now we're focused on Jake, getting Jake good, getting Jake, right. Yeah. Bringing Jake back next week. <laughs> well, I, I just, I really quick though. Cause, um, I, you've you've told me no spoilers, and I will not spoil it. I promise. Like that's, that's we know you love spoilers. That's yours and that's yours and in Jen's business. I right. would I would never break break that trust. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am really. It, I think that is such a good path for you guys, and the way that you guys that I know how much love you guys have to give. I just I'm really excited yeah. for you guys. So, um, yeah, more to come, more to come. Okay, so in Jake's job ventures. Yeah, so um, you the, worked at Safeway <laughs> for one day. So, uh, just an update: if you guys haven't listened in the last couple of weeks, uh, I quit fish. I had quit Fisherman's, I've sort of gone back. I don't know. I'm going to be in limbo now because, like, I'm going to be gone for the next oh, week. Oh yeah. I worked. Th- I've worked three days, but okay. at the Oregon City location mm-hmm. of Fisherman's Marine, um, which is a great store. Like, it's a long ass drive. Thankfully. Thankfully, there's no traffic. I've been thinking so about that. I, I get, was like, "Oh my god!" I get there in like 30 minutes. It's um, not bad. No, because I'm doing bad. because I do 80 all the way down right. to 05. Everyone's doing 90, so you're going slow. Yeah, people are driving insane right now. It was crazy. I thought I was going to get pulled over mm-hmm. because I was doing 80 in the left lane. You pass a cop. I passed a motorcycle cop. Didn't and he, flinch, dude. He gunned me. Didn't even move. Yeah, it's crazy. My boss said he rode his motorcycle going like 100 past somebody. The cop didn't even flinch. Yeah. They're just like meh, and if you're if you're driving probably erratically or like yeah. dangerously, then they will. But yeah, um, thank God because I was like crazy, clenching. <laughs> I was like, that's gonna be a bad ticket because yeah. like fit you, Oregon Oregon's what fifty? I don't know. I think it's fifty. Oh, speed limit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing oh eighty and a fifty. I do like seventy. I put my uh, I love cruise control. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. So I just put it on seventy and just cruise. Yeah. That's but, why I want a Tesla. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good, too. <laughs> Teslas are cool. Um, what, uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Professor Hobbs, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the teacher from uh, Washington State, Vancouver, the one that does the um, methods of the teaching, methods of teaching social, social, studies. social studies, she drives a Tesla, and she's a badass. Does she? <laughs> she does, yeah. Whoa! Yeah, she's like, dude, watching that, that lady pull up in a Tesla. That's badass, a baller. Man. She's a baller. Yeah, she is great. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, driving so hella far, hella far to, to go work at Fisherman's, but I needed income and uh, I needed something f- somewhat familiar. Right. And are you selling guns? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I went down there and immediately just it, it, it was cool. It just I was able to kind of fall back into a routine, right. something I'm familiar with mm-hmm. and comfortable with and good at. And I just I started selling out. The, I just started selling guns and like I was selling out. I was I 
one day I sold more guns by myself than I did the rest of the counter did combine. Like I just like, I'm good at it. Like I, right. I it's, I don't know if I, it arm, if arming the public is, is a, is a worthy venture, but it's uh, something I am I'm talking, <laughs> talking firearms and being able to explain to people um, who are willing to listen. You're a merchant of death. I am a merchant of death. <laughs> I am that. You're um, a warmonger. I always call Dimitri Merchant of Death because he's a recruiter for the military. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So. So anyway, uh, before that. Yeah. I quit Fisherman's and I was unemployed for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of just slumming it. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was, you know, I thought I was, thought I was good. And I was just applying to all these different places. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, well, I need a job. So I was like, I, I applied to just to a bunch of different, like bunch. At first I started, it's funny how like. It's like it's kind of the same process. Just when we left school, we're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that job's beneath me. I don't have it. Oh, that's not like yeah. a degree thing. Like I'm going to be shooting for these really nice, these really prestigious jobs because I have a degree and I deserve a job like that." And then you, as you start to not get any sort of like your bar of, lowers, your bar just <laughs> continually starts to lower. And so the the main street Safeway up on um well main street and 39th oh okay. finally called me okay. and they said hey we'd like to bring you in for an interview I'm like great i'll be there mm-hmm. like friday at what'd you apply whatever. for i had applied just as a um like just basically a stock like a clerk, clerk. Okay. yeah right so i get there and the guy sit the the, the manager sits me down and he's and he's he starts asking me you know, the basic questions and stuff like that and he time goes, out so we're talking about <laughs> We're talking about this range of, of jobs that we're like willing to to apply for and accept and how that range changes. How does it feel going into an interview for Safeway? Like, are you like, I got this? I was nervous because okay. it, it's still... Because you're not the best interviewer. It's not the perform. It's not a really a great performance. I'm not, how do you know I'm not a good interviewer? I mean, you wrote an apology letter. I know I didn't. Are you wrote, oh, an, I wrote apology an apology email? email. <laughs> I did. I forgot about that. Episode eleven. It's probably one of my. It's probably one of our best stories yeah. that's ever been told on this. Um, so I know. Yeah. So that that was um, that was a a company that I had a phone interview with, and it went so badly that I just said I'm sorry, and I hung up, and that's then I said point. an apology interview. I've gotten a lot better since. Okay. Then. Okay. Uh, but that's I also, why I'm curious. But I'm I also haven't really. There. I also haven't really interviewed for a job that I've wanted that that badly because if I had gotten right. if I had gotten that job, mm-hmm. that's a career. For sure, like that. That job started at like fifty thousand a right. year, so like that was different than going. That's what and I'm saying. Going and applying there's more. There's way more at stake. Right. So, and it was not in the field that I have any sort of like experience. It was in finance. It was in right. finance, and I have absolutely right. no like. But they, this company, um, brings in like if you have a college degree in any, they basically say right on like their website, if you have a college degree in any field, we like to diversify. So mm-hmm. like. Um, even like, you know, your social sciences, which have nothing to do with finance. Like I was like, Oh, they don't call me back. I was like, well, history. Um, yeah, Matt, our buddy, Matt got actually got a sit down interview with them. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe I just need to put less effort into my applications. Don't get me wrong. I, Matt, Matt Reeves is one of my (laughs) best friends. Um, he was the least of the three of us. He is the least personable. (laughs) But maybe something comes through on his ass. It must. It, has to. it must. I'm going to ask him to send me. He needs me. to teach a fucking class on how to apply for jobs. Because that guy has gotten more opportunity. Like, uh, it's insane. It's anyway, insane. Yeah, good. F- great for him. Yeah. 
jealous. Help us out a little <laughs> bit here, Matt. Come on, Matt. Uh, anyway, so back back to interview. Uh, my interview. So I'm sitting down with this guy, and this dude is uh, all about Safeway. He's just like he's like I started here right out of. He's like I started here right out of high school. Okay. And I started for Safeway right out of high school. I was going to Portland State, and I realized why am I working my ass off going to college and working. When I'm making, I can make more money working my way up through Safeway, not going to college. So I dropped out of college and I've been here ever since. They made me a general manager of a store like mm-hmm. a, a year later. And that's, you know, this is where I've been. And he's like, it's a good, it's a great career. And he's like, honestly, I'm looking for, um, he kind of enticed me a little bit. He goes like, I'm looking for a person in charge to move into it right away. He goes, the, the job pays 19 an hour mm-hmm. and it's, it's a night position, which I, I, he goes, I understand sucks, but he's like, I, what I, he's like, I see you have a management experience and he's like, I, he's like, you've got a great smile, which I thought was really weird. And then he's like, he's like, he, he just, cause he looked at me, he's like, you got a great smile for the customers. And I'm like, it's your baby blues. It's not even your smile. Weird. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, weird, but thanks. So dude, you're I, a stud. I've been telling you. So anyway, did you bring in a, your headshot, your most recent headshot? <laughs> my Joey, like my Joey Triviani headshots. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I had to call Estelle my manager. Yeah. Um, anyway, the. Your great so, smile. So I'm like, I have a great smile. And he he's like, well, so he's like, why should I hire you? Why should I hire you? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm really de- just pull your pants down. Yeah. Really, really dependable. And, you know, blah, 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 yeah. Stuff. I only called him in goes, once goes, when I thought I got he, food poisoning. Right, and he's like, he's, he said, uh, um, and he said, well, he's like, oh, I, I want to, he's like, I'll try, I'm going to try you out. I'm going to throw you. He's like, I'm basically going to, I'm just going to throw you out there. I'm going to throw you to the wolves um, and see, and see how it goes. Okay. And in a couple of weeks, we'll reevaluate and see if like, if you're cut to be a person in charge. I'm like, okay, I mean, I got nothing else going on. Like if like in a couple of weeks I could be making 19 an hour, that's more than I've ever made in my life. Like let's roll with it. Right. Yeah. So I show up for my first day and I thought I was just going to be a clerk because that's where How I, did he let you know you got the job, dude? Don't just skip all this. Did he call you? Like, no, he said, come back. At, so the interview was at, uh, was at 11 and he said, come back at, um, the same day. Come said, come back at, at one thirty. Oh, and do your, like do your paperwork. I gotcha. So I came back at one thirty and I, I did all of like the signing up thing and like because it's union so you have to like yep. sign up for the union and all yep. that stuff. So like I sat there on the computer and typed all that all that up and he said okay. So he set me up with like the lead like the manager the cashier manager mm-hmm. and she uh, she said okay well come in um, she's like I'm gonna have you on the schedule for the first time Sunday. This was Friday mm-hmm. and so she's like come in tomorrow. Saturday, Saturday uh-huh. and do your customer training. So this is the Saturday before this is last Saturday. Okay. The Saturday before, um, not two days ago, but this, the, the day before mother's day. Oh, so she brings, she said, come in, we're going to do your computer, we'll do your computer training. There's mm-hmm. like a bunch of, and I'm like, okay, so I'll come in. She's like, be here at uh, noon. And then as soon as I leave, she calls me and said, actually be here at 10. <laughs> okay, whatever. So I show up at 10 and she, Instant, I get there and she's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna push off your your uh, your computer training. We're gonna put you right on a till." Mind you, I did not apply to be a cashier. They just—that's why I asked. They just saw on my resume that I have cash handling experience because oh. I did run a till and work customer service at I Fisherman's, which is way way different than grocery. Yeah, let me tell you, it's not even close. No. So I'm—they throw me literally on a till, dude. They give me this guy. Who's not even like a manager there. He's just like this roaming manager that goes to all like the different branches and covers when needed. And because okay. apparently this this particular Safeway is so criminally understaffed, like they just have to pull oh. people from everywhere. I was going to say that's why they threw you in. Which it. started to really make me think, why is this one so understaffed? And it became clear okay. that it's 
very, 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 very disorganized. Mass, massive red flag for me. So anyway, uh, yeah. so they throw me on a till, dude, and they give me essentially no instruction and leave me with a till the day before Mother's Day. Are you serious? By myself for two hours. And they're like, push this button, push this button. People are redeeming Monopoly. And they didn't tell me how to fucking redeem <laughs> Monopoly for free shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. People were giving, people were asking me, I probably give cash back for somebody because they didn't tell me, oh like, the whole my. cash, the whole cash back thing. Yeah. And the, what made it worse is they didn't tell anybody around me that it was my first day. So every time I would ask for help, I would get super dirty looks or people would just ignore me because they thought I was just being lazy or if I thought I was just an idiot. So I couldn't even get any, I couldn't even get reliable help when I asked for it. And I thought I was just coming in to do computer training. Yeah. So finally they pulled me off and they put me in the back and they're like, okay, here you're going to do your computer training now. I'm like, oh, now? Yeah. I'm like, cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks. None of it is about tills. It's all about like how to not be a racist and how to mm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when profiling and then also don't sexually harass anybody. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. Really great. And use of my time. Mm-hmm. I got paid for it, whatever. And uh, I'm like, okay, so this is going to be this. Uh, I mean, I'm going to guess 30 minutes, half hour, you know, an hour. And she goes, no, it's about four to five hours of computer training. I was like, okay i finished it in about three so i go back out there and i'm like okay am i going she's like no i'm putting you back on a till i worked a f- i ended up working like a full like t- i worked like 10 hours saturday what? Completely, on t- completely on a completely on a till no training uh-huh. nobody around me willing to, to, to reliably ask questions and i didn't have i didn't do people bringing in full shopping carts full of stuff and then the, the then yeah I, and, and i kid you not i kid you i should you not i didn't see the head, the head store manager who's supposed to be evaluating me for this person in charge position one time the entire, the entire day. And then finally, but I kept hearing little things like, Oh, is, is, uh, is so-and-so mm-hmm. like around and like, uh, we haven't seen him in a while. And they're like, Oh, typical him. Uh, so basically like this guy's absentee, right? No, thank you. <laughs> so but the first time I, the, literally the first time I see this dude, yeah. him and his wife, come through my line with a basket just a shopping cart full of stuff and it's like i'm gonna guess like this is his test to see how much i've learned and dude i don't know produce you know how picky of an eater i am yeah and i don't cook for myself like what the hell i don't know i know carrots (laughs) i know broccoli Oh, no. Don't ask me anything else. So people were doing like, and of course, like you get all of like the hipsters with their, and then bringing up like different like t- Hipsters types of, what? Because they brought an avocado, Jake? Exactly. <laughs> or just something I have no idea what, I, right. I don't know produce. Oh, that's so, so I, awesome. I, I got to the point where I'm like, I just was asking people, I'm like, I'm sorry for my ignorance when it comes to vegetables. What is this? Like I don't know what the difference between the different types, like shiitake mushrooms or a or a samini mushroom. Like fuck it, Roma tomatoes. I don't know. Tom- like yeah, there's so much. Dude, there's screens after screens after screens of produce, and they didn't show me any of this stuff. Oh so my this, word! So this the, the the head manager comes through my line, and he's got a shit ton of produce, mm-hmm. and then he has the audacity. I should you not to say to me, he's like, you really need to go and learn produce. And I said, I, I looked right at him. This is towards the end of the day. Oh, I looked right at him, and I said. I was told I was coming in for computer training and I got instantly put on a till, a position I didn't get, I didn't apply for. And if I had known I was cashiering today, I would have come in early and gone around and looked at produce. 
and he and he just stared at me and I and and then he's like oh well just make sure that you do that in the future like cool so I, I after my shift I got done and dude I don't know how many times I must have fucked up that till like I must I don't even <laughs> people, I had this lady come up and she said she, someone I, I left for lunch when I came back there was a bunch of random two there's like 10 random two dollar bills in my till okay. I don't know where those came from somebody yeah. must have been on my till when I was gone and this lady wanted cash back she wanted like 100 bucks cash back and then I had everything counted out and she goes oh um are those two dollar bills and I said yeah she's like can I get those so I'm like I'm I'm just shuffling around money man like it was a dude it was nuts and at the end of the day I'm like I went to her and I was like I'm pretty sure my till is really messed up and I said are we I just gave money away I said I I was like "Am, am I am I am I am I counting out and she's like no you don't do that at Safeway so I'm like I just walked I just like okay I just walked out I'm like I just left that dumpster fire there. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, so. Wow. I, I, I called the next morning. So I was supposed to work the next morning. I called and mm-hmm. I was like, my, I immediately called. I immediately text. As soon as I left, I text the head manager down at uh-huh. Oregon city. And I was like, is that job still open? Cause when I left, um, both the, the owner of the company and the head manager at Oregon city called me, asking me to come back. And I said, you know, I just, I left for a particular reason. I needed right. to move on. I needed, I needed a fresh start. And but they said, okay, even if it's temporary, mm-hmm. please come. Like, if there's oh. the door is always open. So I called and I was like, hey, is this still open? And they're like, yes, come back. So I, I was like, thank God. I called them. Then I called Safeway the next morning. I said, this is the, my, my old job offered me a job back. Um, my old, the company offered me my old, like an old job back with a pay raise. I've got to take that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, thanks for letting us know. Come to find out, like, something I remember, like, I, I, he told, like, the head manager at Safeway told me was that like they had in the last month they've they've had a hundred like a hundred employees come through come and go oh i believe it so i mean nobody see that's the that's the bummer is like everybody's unemployed Mm -hmm. but that's how you're handling new employees what the fuck yeah why would you let why would especially if it's somebody that you you want to keep in the company somebody that you clearly think has potential that was bullshit that's not that's not constructive not that you don't have potential but that guy sounds like a I don't know. Just a talker. Yeah. Just talking just to talk. A, just a talker. You don't mean what you say. Yeah. But you need to say what you mean. That's right. Uh, Jake, I love hearing your stories. <laughs> you should just do a whole series where you just work somewhere for a day. I should. I should do that and just, just <laughs> experience it all. So my resume would look terrible. That sounds like a nightmare, dude. It was bad, man. It was really, really bad. Holy hell. I I've had jobs like that, but... I don't. I don't think I've ever done it for one day. Yeah, no, that was not a good mark. But I just I thought about going back and doing that again. Mm-hmm. No and way. It's like I can't. No way, dude. dude. I was. I felt so stressed the entire day, and you had to wear. I can't like, imagine. And I, so I had to like wear a mask, right? Yeah. yeah. And I like, every time I breathed, every time I exhaled, Your glasses my glasses fog. would fog. Yeah. And I'm just like. Dude, I'm done. <laughs> like I am so done. I'm sure that doesn't help with this everything lady, else. This lady was just, and then they kept getting mad at me for putting things in the wrong bag. They're like, "Oh, this is like this type of product can't go in a bag with this type of product." Yes, Jake, that's product 101. And they didn't fucking tell me. <laughs> what am I supposed to do when I have an entire conveyor belt of just random shit thrown on it? Mm-hmm. I'm grabbing and scanning. 
every other cashier has like friends that are like bagging bagging for them. Nobody came and helped the new guy. That's insane. That's what I don't get is not only was no one sitting there with you, but nobody was helping you bag. Nobody was. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's how training is at places. Just throw you to the wolves. Good luck. That's how mine was. I told you all I about like, it. I, and, and if I had no other option, like Fisherman's like was a burnt bridge, right. I probably would have stuck it out and figured it out yeah. because I don't think they're going to fire me right off the bat for having like a couple bag mistakes. Right. I eventually would have gotten through this. This was all would end <laughs> in that the craziness that's at, um, at supermarkets is going to die down. It'll yeah. get slow again, but I'm not sticking around. For, I wasn't Hell sticking around no. for that. Does it give you a new uh, appreciation or understanding for... Grocery store clerks? By far. Yeah. The, the amount that that company, just in their training, what they expect of you to be doing. Yeah. Never moving. Like, I remember, like, we finally had, I finally had a break, like, where there wasn't somebody in front of me. Uh-huh. And I took just, I took a step, I just, I take a step back to just exhale. Mm-hmm. And immediately that roam, that roaming manager dude comes mm-hmm. over and he's like, he's like, when there's no one in front of you, you do this, and you just start. He's like, "Jake, clean your conveyor belt." And if and once when you clean your whole station, and once that's done, you go and you stand in front, and then you grab the next person that's available. And I was like, "Okay, I just, <laughs> all right, man." Like, but he was talking to me the entire time as if I should have known to do that. Yeah, duh, idiot. And, and I'm like, "What, man? What am I, s- dude? No, yeah. sorry, yeah, not for me." That makes me think of like. A lot of places I've worked. Yeah. Yeah. Just go for it. Good luck. See ya. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. frustrating. Because you want to do a good job. When right. you're a good worker, like you and I both are, you want to, you want to succeed for the company. You have loyal. Like, they gave right. you an opportunity. They brought you in in their employment. Mm-hmm. You want to do a good job, not only for them, but you want to do it for yourself because right. you hold you have pride in your work, whether whether it's it's a it's a it's a dead end job or not. Like you take pride in that work. That's weird. It is weird. I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate high school. I didn't succeed at school. Mm-hmm. I didn't do well. And then when I started working, uh, you know, I worked for my stepdad for a few years and I was like on my phone, like as the machines were running and then I put my phone away and run the machine. He manages, he manages a machine, machine shop. But then, uh, and then he'd be like, Jeff, get off your phone. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. Whatever. Like my dad runs his place, even though he's yelling at me, like <laughs> I'll do what I want, yeah. you know? And then he's like, go sweep something. So I'd sweep and I'd be texting and he'd be like, dude, you've got to get off your phone. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the worst worker, mm-hmm. dude. I was the worst. Um, and then I started getting into warehouse jobs and then I started getting into, then I got in the trucking industry through college. Um, but I just, I'm trying to pinpoint, I've been trying, I was thinking about this mm-hmm. the other day. I was trying to pinpoint the point in my life where I was like, I'm going to do the best that I can at this. Mm-hmm. And I think it was when I worked for John Deere for like a year, okay. a year and a half, just pulling orders. I wanted to be the fastest, most efficient and most accurate. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be good at it. Right. Um, it was a good job. Uh, they paid really well. Um, and I had no goals or aspirations to go to college. So if I'm good at something, let's be great at it, mm-hmm. right? So, I and then I this transcends to today, where you know I'm on vacation now. But last week I was with my boss, and I was like, I was like, you know what? He's like, what? And I go, I don't care about this job. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? And I go, I don't care. And he goes, yeah, that's the problem. And then I go, you really don't think I don't care, right? He goes, no, I know you do. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. I go, I'll say over and over how much I hate it, and I mm-hmm. don't care. 
but I always leave the end of the day with almost with everything done and buttoned up perfectly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I'm the same way. Like they don't I, care about me. No. <laughs> I, I remember I went down to when I was at Oregon City this last this last week. I worked there three days, ten to seven shifts, and um, like it was hard. Like they're like he's like yeah we he's like I just he's like I need you to he's like he's like there's there's he's like I'm kind of I am kind of staffed up, which made me realize like he's really just doing me a favor, right? Because they didn't really need me. Yeah, you they kind of needed me. me, but they didn't really need me, which is one of the reasons why it was so hard for him to nail down a schedule for me. Right, and so it was basically like I would show up. And he'd be like, I'll get back to you later today on whether I need you tomorrow and what the next day is going to oh, be. Okay, it was gotcha. really, really frustrating. Like, it was frustrating for me because like, I, there's obligations. We had Say What You Mean last mm-hmm. week. And I was I was just like, but I can't just tell him, like, sorry, I Suck can't it. work tomorrow. Yeah. Like, he's trying to do me a favor. I'm the captain now. So I'm like, I'm like, and plus, if it was like my old manager, like if it was Tristan at yeah. Delta Park, he'd be like, he knows like I podcast on Thursdays. Right. He would have been like, hey, I'll need you tomorrow, but it's fine if you don't come until noon. Right. Um, whereas like, this guy doesn't know me and I'm yeah. just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm brown trying nose. to make a, trying to make not brown nose, but <laughs> just not, kidding. not just be like, I'm not trying yeah, to be a burden just in any way. Yeah. So it's, but I remember I got there and I was just like, I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, this department's a mess. And I just started resetting shit. Yeah. I just started going through pulling. They, they, they were one of my biggest like merchandising is like, I'm not particularly, I'm not great at it, right. but I do it. Because it needs to be done. Yes. And it's uh, one of the biggest things I hate is like having different length pegs mm-hmm. on the aisle. And it, just because it's lazy, people will be like, they'll just grab whatever peg is the is closest to them and they'll stick it on, on the aisle and right. haphazardly just throw it on there and make a label for it. So I went through and I completely reset their whole style, like did everything. It took me like two hours to do. It's, I should you not. The moment I got done re- completely resetting that entire aisle a pallet of, of, of stock comes in and the first box I open is a brand new order of, of holsters from a brand we've never carried before. And I had to completely go back and reset the fucking aisle again. You know, we delivered to you guys. Yeah. Right away. Right. Yeah. yeah I see your guys' truck. Rolling. Yeah. Uh, he was like, Hey man, I got a, he, one guy driver was like, Hey, uh, I got a pallet from fisherman's, but, uh, I'm up in, uh, Clackamas, man. I can't make it all the way to Delta park. I'm like, did you look at the address, dude? He's like, no. I'm like, it's right there in Oregon City. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we always sit over, and gotcha. I always I see it, and I'm like, oh, we're going to Jake's work today, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, you're talking about like just jumping right in and being like, oh, I know this, and then just killing mm-hmm. it. That's how I feel about like working in the trucking industry. Yeah. Like getting a new job in the trucking industry is new, but once you get in a stride, you're like. Oh, okay, now I get the bigger picture of mm-hmm. everything else, and yeah. it's great. I don't want to work here forever, but mm-hmm. I cut my own hair. You, d- I saw that on on social media. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, it doesn't look bad. My the back of my neck uh, was like I can't really do it, and Jen was hesitant about cutting it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boss was just like, "Hey, man!" So the vice president was cutting everybody's hair. Yeah, and he was just like, "Hey, man!" My my manager, the warehouse manager, was just like the the terminal manager was like. You don't cut your hair by Monday, dude. I'm cutting it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to cut it this weekend. I don't need you to cut it. I'd rather me screw it up than mm-hmm. you. So then I did it. And then it's like Wednesday and he hasn't said anything about my haircut. Hmm. I'm like, dude, you gave me all this crap about a haircut. And you can't even give me props. And he's like, oh, you do that, dude? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Hey, brother, you do that, dude? I'm like, yeah. He's like, look good, brother. I'm like, yeah. Except for the back of my neck. He's like, come on, man. Let's go to the warehouse. I got clippers in my truck. And he cut my back of my hair. Did he really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Just uh, I something I never thought I would ever do. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a psycho about my hair. Yeah. I got one bad haircut one time and I cried. I was so bummed <laughs> out and I was like, I don't trust anybody. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm, I'm psycho, dude. Yeah, I am too. Why do you think I wear hats? I have terrible hair. But I tell people like who cut go to cut my hair. I'm like, listen, if you screw this up, I'm never coming back. This is your one chance. You say that to them? Yeah. I mean, I don't say that. I imply it like. Dude. <laughs> Talk about putting unnecessary pressure on somebody. It's not unnecessary. You do a good job or I burn your house down. (laughs) (laughs) So I found... So the lady... I I get what you mean. There's there's certain things that I am... Yeah. The lady who used to cut my hair, she's the best, but she quit. She got a job at a grocery store and she wanted to try to... Mm-hmm. to do that as a good a good company new company so she wanted to get in early so i get it but i was like what am i going to do now like i don't trust anybody she was like check out this chick i know and blah 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 blah. so we went to the salon we're like hey we were referred here and they're like oh she's not taking anyone new but you can go with this lady and i'm like what like you weren't referred to me from anybody i don't know you stranger mm-hmm. so i kind of set it up like that with her like yo i'm kind of a psycho about trusting people so let's make sure we do this right and then uh she cut it and she was like, let's start long and then we'll cut shorter as we need to until you're happy with it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's the right step. Let's go. You're doing good. Uh, we finished and she's like, what do you think? And I'm like, we can schedule another appointment. Nice. <laughs> and she's been, she's been with, yeah, been yeah. With her I've gone with her twice and then coronavirus. So now oh, I haven't gone back, but God. I mean, they're good at communicating and like, mm-hmm. Hey, we'll let you know when we're open. But I never thought in my wildest dreams, I would cut my own hair. Yeah. But at least you have hair. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have hair or not have hair, but a bad haircut. Well, I I'll cry. <laughs> I, uh, I, am, I, I just buzz. Just yeah, buzz. I would, too. It's so easy. You're living the dream right now. I'm not. I have terrible hairline. I'm going, yeah, dude, but you I'm don't almost, have to dude, protest I'm almost, for a haircut. Dude, I'm almost bald at 30. Just go bald. Nah. MJ did it, dude. Yeah, but he's MJ. You're Jake Jokum. <laughs> You're J Train. Uh, the the facial hair I think saves it a little bit. Hell yeah, you have pristine facial hair. Thanks, man. It's the best. It's like it's so good. Mm. I'm jealous of it. Mine looks like pubes, dude. <laughs> just glued to my face. Um, Are we going to talk about Obama? Gate? Yeah, we All probably right, we need to talk about Obama. Gate. <laughs> Who cares right. if it's a long episode? We're an hour in, dude. Are we really? Yeah, oh, fuck it's it. been a while. It has been a while. We need and to now talk. it's going. This episode's going to be a while. Um, plus we don't know what next week looks like. So yeah. Just enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, I wanted to talk a little bit because we talked a little bit before this, before we get to Obamagate, but about no coordination and why things are open and things aren't open. Okay, yeah, let's do that. So this is interesting. You know, I keep hearing you see those protesters. They're, they're so oppressed mm-hmm. and they're not able to get their haircuts. Yeah. This is all flowing together perfectly. Mm-hmm. These poor white middle class people are being oppressed and not able to get haircuts. I feel so terrible for them. You really should. Um, it's a travesty. In the history of injustices, mm-hmm. this has got to be at the top. <laughs> so, you know, someone posted, uh, you know, who decides that this is open, but this isn't open. And mm-hmm. It was a picture of Walmart. And then below was a picture of a campground. Have you looked at. The president, Donald Trump, announces Great American Economic Revival Industry Groups. What? His Great American, Great American Economic, Economic Revival Industry Groups. 
the hell is that? And that's a crazy acronym. So this is on whitehouse.gov. You can look this up. These are groups. Groups. Businesses. Businesses, okay. Who are organized by industry Mm -hmm. to, I guess, advise economically how to revive them. Okay. During this time and through the recession. Okay. We've got groups like agriculture. We've got banking. Mm -hmm. We've got construction, labor, workforce, defense, energy. And there's businesses and companies listed under these, right? And there's like the the names, the CEOs of the people who are going to be the advisors in this revival. Okay. Um, I just want to say real quick that... In retail, mm-hmm. first one listed, Doug McMillan. I think he's CEO of Walmart. That makes sense. You know, the guy that refuses to unionize. And Number two, Craig Minear, Home Depot. Mm. Bernie Marcus, Home Depot. Rodney McMullen, Kroger. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are like the th- three or four biggest retailers. Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. I, it's just like I'm not trying to be conspiracy. I'm just saying if these are the businesses and the companies and the names, maybe yes, they're the biggest names in the industry mm-hmm. that we're we're discussing. But there's a blatant, you know, design for Walmart to be open, but Jake's James and Jellies can't be mm-hmm. because you're not on the advisory board. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's why. I'm just saying question it. Well, see, that's the that is when I read an article. It's funny you bring that up. I read an article and whether it's you want to take this into conspiracy level uh, area or not into that end. um, But we were already like when getting back to that, um, the vertical integration of our economy to where there's only going to be three or four owners, basically like an oligopoly of our, like our economy is going to be an oligopoly. There's going to be like four people that own everything. And, and at that point is that we're not a, we're not a capitalist economy anymore. There's no, there's no real competition. Right. And so we were already heading that direction where small businesses aren't going to be able to exist. That's getting even more exasperated and accelerated by COVID-19 yeah. because none of these small businesses are going are to be able to stay open. They're going to close for good and forever. And all of their capital and equity is going to be all of that. Their market share is just going to be taken up by these large corporations that can right. weather this economic storm. And they're the ones advising the policies about the recovery. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's maybe it's sinister. Maybe it is. I don't know, but it is a very, very, very real concern. Yeah. Yeah. Self-interest, dude. Yeah. Um, well, humans are self-interested. I want to say one. Well, we can argue about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to say that on one of these lists of groups, there is a company I may or may not have inside information on. Okay. And Ooh. they are struggling and failing and they're on the list of advisors it just it blows me away really yeah i just i can't i don't get it well i'm sure he's got a connection to the administration he's best friends with the ceo of uh home depot 
Okay. Yeah. It's all connected, dude. Me. I'm just telling Put you, man. Put on our tinfoil hats. Let's okay, move. let's move on. Obamagate. <laughs> I told you about it. Just like I told you about the aliens, and now you finally okay. believe me. Did I Did I not look it up the second you told me about Obamagate? You only looked it up because I sent it to you, dude. No, I read... I read that I read the Atlantic piece about it. Okay. And then you sent me the video and I watched the video. So, have you seen anything as far as like Oh, I guess you saw the video of Trump kind of explaining what it is. Yeah. Um his press secretaries mm-hmm. going ham on what it is. Um So, why don't you tell me what you learned? Well, I've learned that the president is basically um dog whistling. Mm-hmm. He's He's giving out these little like these vague these vague talking points. Right. You should. We know this corruption has been happening. You know the crime. It's apparent. It's out there. Don't ask me. You know what it is. You know what it is, because his base mm-hmm. already knows in their mind. Of course, the Obama administration was was corrupt. He wasn't even American citizen. He was black. Trump was the Trump was like the first high pro, was like the first real high profile birther mm-hmm. claiming that Obama what didn't even have a legitimate right to be president because he wasn't born here. Right. This is all about delegitimizing. I read an argument. This is all about delegitimizing President Obama. Yeah. And because in this author was making the argument that because Trump feels so inf- like Trump has like an inferiority complex. I think so. And in 2011, when Trump was at the White House press, and like, he got burned. He got roasted. <laughs> Like some people close to him have said, like that's the moment he decided to run for president, right? Um, and so, anytime Obama goads him mm-hmm. or puts out something public that attacks Trump, Trump gets that insecurity, and then he's yes. got to go out and try to yes. lash out again. And I mean, I don't know. That's kind of you. You I, who knows what his mo- we don't know what right. his motivation is, but it does that. Pa- the pattern of behavior seems to fit that conclusion. Yeah, and because we know him, like he fits the pattern of a narcissist, right? Uh, but it's it's scary what you're talking about. He he is trying to use the pulpit of the presidency mm-hmm. to not only just to enhance his own political gain, but to potentially jail the his political opponents. Right. Not that's what two big dictators do. But secondly, isn't that what he claims people would do to him? Is that you know he's talking about the he's going to open up the libel laws mm-hmm. if he's out there making a unfounded claim about the about illegal activity of a former president mm-hmm. and you don't have any evidence to back that up isn't that isn't that like open up to like a libel suit or does he have or does he have executive privilege and the executive privilege only matters to him and it, it doesn't apply to anybody else that's what we've been saying since day one is all of these tactics all of these these ideas of persecution does, does is this all now fair game if a democrat is in the presidency i guess is there no is there no more due process no. is there no more pro, is there no more process anymore for are, anything <laughs> are we okay with with an entire imperial presidency yeah. where all power resides absolute power resides in the the bureauc- the federal bureaucracies are no longer staffed with experts and civil servants but servants to the executive yeah we're only okay because he's draining the swamp and fighting the good fight yet he fires inspectors generals yeah the same inspector generals that the republicans whined about for years needed to be put in place to rein in obama Mm -hmm. and make sure that we're checking up on obama now it's okay that those guys are are fired right 
by executive by arguments of executive privilege. Mm-hmm. And then in, in current and then concurrent investigations into the firing of those inspector generals in our de- in our department, the most recent one, the State Department inspector general. Mm-hmm. We're not those the the any sort of paper trail about that firing and the reasons behind it. They're going to be. We know. We know what the playbook is. We've already seen it. Yeah. We've seen it with everything. He's going to slap executive privilege on it. Yeah. Because the courts haven't had an opportunity to define executive privilege. This is what happens when you elect a populist in a power-hungry, want would-be dictator. Yeah. Oh. No, you can't rely. I mean, Republicans have tried to have subtle, have tried to subtly rein in him, rein him in, but subtlety in established norm, norms doesn't mean shit to a populist. No. He, the more and more I think about this and the, the tactics and the behavior and the arguments made, he is running it like a business. Like he is the sole CEO, head of state, everything that yeah. he says goes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's not how democracy operates. No. No, it's not how to republic, how any sort a republic, of rep- right. representative, rep- representative government. So... People were like, no, we want a businessman. He's a billionaire. Look at how well he's done. That's what we want for this country. No, it's not. Yeah, you think you might want that, but that is a that is a false equivalency between the success of a independent private business and the success of a government. Especially a government like the United States, which mm-hmm. is the sole world superpower. Right. And again, are you going to be okay when Democrat Mark Cuban is president and he does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the same? No, it won't be. It Hell won't be the same. No, no they'll, they'll, they'll do the same thing that they're doing right now, which is, you know, claiming, um, you know, just trumping the, you know, just, I don't know, waving the constitution, waving the American flag and going to their state build their state buildings and with AR 15s. Mm-hmm. It's funny, right? Because now they're talking about like, if those same people, right. That tell African-Americans, that you need to obey police. You have to respect authority. Mm-hmm. Are now the ones who are telling the government that they don't have the authority to tell them what to do. Ooh, that's rough. You freaking racists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's all this is. It is. It, it is rooted in racism. To delegitimize... Obamagate is just delegitimizing the first black president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that's easy, what this comes down to. It's easier to... It's easier for these people to to point at something different than them and going, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Or that's not acceptable because they are different. It's like, I mean, I spent a lot of time in undergrad reading about African-Americans and and Latinos. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we're not in a better place. Just because things got a little better in the 60s doesn't mean that everything has been forgotten. That dude got shot running. Mm -hmm. He goes, hunt it down. Hunted down. And the only reason those two dudes got prosecuted was because everyone on the internet was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Months later. That's a cut and dry case. Yeah. Months later. And that's another thing. You guys are protesting haircuts? What about these two dudes who hunted down a man and murdered him? Yeah. Why aren't we protesting that? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what about the, the hairdresser in, in Texas that got that got jailed for staying open? Mm-hmm. That whole thing was orchestrated. They found they uncovered emails between <gasps> between her and a business and like one of those grassroots organizations, like this whole like freedom like freedom caucus kind of thing coming out of Florida. That they set this up prior to keep her open, 
and to test like in and to test the government. So when she got shut down, of course everybody came and then everybody rushed instantly rushed to her defense, mm-hmm. put public put all that sort of public pressure on her to to release her and then Tim At, like uh, Abbott the, the 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 governor of Texas mm-hmm. ends up releasing her due to pu- all this public pressure and threats. Meanwhile, there's two Latino hairdressers that got jailed for doing the exact same thing and there's not a peep about those women being in jail. Uh Ahmaud Arbery, what's his name? I just wanted to mm-hmm. put that out there. Yeah, that's the gentleman that was killed in Florida, yeah. right? Yeah. Um it's disgusting, dude. It's disgusting. If I I I I I, I what if I have a black child? Like I have, uh, I, I have. Weird, I was talking to a friend who's African American, and he, uh, 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 so it's Jen's brother's friend, mm-hmm. right? And Jen's brother was telling us that, like, because we were talking about Ahmad Arbery, and he was like, "Yeah, Travis has been pulled over while running, and he was told very, and this is things that people don't think about, right? Mm-hmm. The, the white privilege is showing, right? Uh, he was always taught very young, like." This is the this is your address. This is your name, and this is the color of your house. And like so that way, he uh, Jen's brother told us that the cop followed him home as he ran home to make sure that that's where he lived, where he lived. Jesus, dude, it's no different. It's all the same. Yeah, this is how people behave. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just with the new ventures that we're talking about. I can't help but think of breaking cycles. You you talk about teaching, and I talk about teaching, and I want to one day. Um, I just hope that in some way I can impact cycle breaking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or or give enough information so people question their own bias or, or racism in yeah. some ways. And it just takes that one teacher to be able right. to do that. For me, it was Dr. Lopez. Right. And for you, I don't know who, which professor it was. That was a cycle breaker for you, or maybe it was just a process. It happens differently for every yeah. for everybody. But I know you talked quite a bit about that African American uh, lit say, professor that yes, you had, yeah, Doctor Tamini um, Lewis, mm-hmm. um, African American literature. Yeah, it's it, to be you know the you and I did you take that one class with me where we dropped out real quick after one class? Uh, no, that was the one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that. Yep, 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 yep. No, no. Okay. <laughs> uh. I remember you telling me about it. I yeah, I get in there it. and it was a it was a women's studies class. Mm-hmm. I'm totally I want I want to I took the African American literature class and to be be told like, "Hey man, like you don't get it." And I I I I had the same realization with mental health as I did with like African American life. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get it, dude. And you'll never get it. But that's okay that you'll never get it, but don't don't be don't be blind to it, right? Yeah. It's the same with mental health. Like I'll never understand, but I'm not blind to it. Like I, I'm open to it and and I want to be an advocate for it. Just like African Americans or Latinos or mm-hmm. or underrepresented people yeah. in general, right? But I got in that class, it was a women's studies class and it was basically like I'm not exaggerating. Like you are garbage because you are a man and most men are garbage in history. Listen, I've said already that I was a piece of crap. <laughs> At some point in my life, but it just felt like not an educational space. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I I, I felt like I was going to be having to shit on men the whole semester to get an A. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Where where in that African-American literature class, you could you recognize that you you have biases and and you you own that. But you also. There was a, an educational space where you could admit or or discover 
that you're learning new things, mm-hmm. right? And I just I did not feel like that safe yeah. learning space, yeah. which maybe I'm a puss and I had to drop out because I was like, this, I can't do this. But No, there, there's something that doesn't feel right. Right. And I've had classes like that too. So I think that that class, the African-American lit, was amazing. Yeah. For me, it was um, – I've always had an issue with um, – it's uh, – I always get uncomfortable when certain professors start to talk about economics, okay. like capitalism, socialism. Yes. And, and I, cause I always feel like capitalism always like in a lot of times you, you expect Bernie Sanders style of economics, yes. like the, the democratic socialism to always be like regarded pretty high in, in lectures mm-hmm. or in classes. And Dr. Russell, the soci- sociologist, yep. and you know, like, you, you know, know where what, he stands. You know where that you look. You take <laughs> one look at that guy, and you know exactly where he stands. Right. And to his credit, he never once said that capitalism in itself, right, was inherently bad and therefore shouldn't be a practice. Shouldn't be practiced anywhere. He gave, he gave information. He gave all sorts of information, different theoretical arguments, and he let the information speak for itself and come to its own conclusions. Despite. Five or six other people in that class, mm-hmm. some people that you know, mm-hmm. like we've had that we've we've had mutual classes with, yeah, constantly th- saying stuff out there, and he always challenged like abs- real absolutist statements, right? And he always challenged even the even, even if thought. even if he did agree, agree with them, yeah, he challenged them, yes. And as somebody who disagrees with him, and I could, t- I mean, I'm not going to be able to talk to the level because that guy man has done insane amount of yeah. research in sociology and in, in understanding and like societal inequality, inequality, both racial and and economic, I would never be able to sit and have a, like a, and, and, uh, a symmetrical like conversation with, there's going to be an asymmetry. There's going to be asymmetry there, but I think I could hold my own to a point. Yeah. And I, and I can, I can bring a decent theoretical argument that would, I think would, could challenge what he's saying a little bit, because right. ultimately there's a lot of stuff at the end of the day, at the, at the end of the day, in most social scientists, mm-hmm. social sciences, there really isn't a definitive answer. And right. there's a lot of, yes. there's a lot of wiggle room and both people can be right while both people can also be wrong. And it's just, I have, think that's what he understands. It's having those dialogues yes. right, and understanding that there are certain things that we don't know that aren't absolute. Right. And I always respected like professors who could do that. Yes. And there, there are far more of them. Then you would then I think a lot of people who constantly say that colleges are just a yes. liberal indoctrination like factory right would under could it possibly understand until you've been in there right but you have to also there's also a responsibility as the student mm-hmm. to enter into that environment with them with 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 not a closed off mind you have yeah. to willing to be challenged and have those like it's it's a willingness both in your mind mm-hmm. that you have each individual has to make to be able to to willingly break that cycle because otherwise you just hold on to it and you close yourself off and you have this and you just ignore that cognitive right. dissonance i know we've talked about this a lot oh. but that's the one thing like Dr. Lopez, honestly, like Dr. Lopez's class was like one of the first times in my life where I was able to um, be okay saying something that I knew I disagreed with before I walked, saying something that I agreed oh. with, like saying I agree with something that before I walked into that classroom on the first day of class, I would have said I that I that I didn't agree with mm-hmm. at all. Mm. And it's coming to the, it's got it. You have to be, each individual has to be made comfortable in doing that, yeah. which is why when you talk about your class, your experience with that one women's studies class, yeah. that's not a comfortable environment for people who may disagree. Yes. To be able to then feel comfortable ex- that's, having, that's having, the problem. having their thoughts challenged. Right. Because right. it can't, it can't come as an attack. No. Otherwise you're going to close off. Yes. Uh, after I and several dropped out of that class, uh, there were 
other staff who came in to watch how the class was taught to make sure really there wasn't an issue really yeah interesting <laughs> i think i know the professor you're talking about yeah. i remember she was on a panel for i like a yeah. thing i went thing i went to okay and a professor there dr theers who i really really respect yeah. he's a political science professor uh he treats he uh, he's a phd in comparative uh you comparative politics to go to wsu really theers? i'll tell you about that in theers a is amazing uh and she called out theers in a in a kind of a real shitty way, mm-hmm. and Theers was in the audience and asked just asked a question. Yeah, and she didn't say he said Doctor Blank. Uh-huh. She said she called him by Paul. She didn't give him his title. Oh, and I thought that was one that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there should be like mutual if, respect. If, mutual respect to use your titles. If, yeah. you're, if you're going to be using titles in a formal setting, right? If the first person starts with title, you should respect reciprocate with title. And, and I know that's a social construction. Yes, right? it is. But I just I and and then but Thiers didn't you know he didn't he didn't push back he just right. was like okay like, yeah. whatever but um I just she was really some she was she was something uh when I was took the tour for WSUV you could go and sit in in a lecture uh-huh. just to see what they're kind of like and basically you went in you sat down you got literally the professor taught. 20 minutes of a mm-hmm. lecture and then was like, you know, that was kind of what these lectures are kind of like in this school, blah, blah, blah. And it was theirs. Really? And I was like, dude, this would be so fun. And he was talking about like the economics of the coal industry. And I'm like, I don't care about this, but <laughs> this is tight. He's, he is an amazing lecturer. Yeah. I, I went to his, I didn't miss a single one of his classes. Mm-hmm. Me and Matt took uh, comparative politics with him and I learned so much in right. the class. It was amazing. Uh, the one term you brought up earlier that I think that really kind of when I think about that African-American literature class that that kind of just is the perfect term for the whole changing of mind is the cognitive dissonance Mm -hmm. and I'd never heard that term before that class Mm -hmm. and I was like what the hell does that mean and then you start so I started like researching like okay not researching but you look up cognitive dissonance then you start like looking what other people's write about it and then you kind of like then you start applying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you start thinking about what is it about my thoughts that are that are, that I'm afraid to change, or like where is this disconnect? Where is this, you know, what has created this thought, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And how can I challenge this thought? And I it, just by hearing that word, I was like, whoa, dude. Mm-hmm. It's so for those of you who maybe have not, we've talked about cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. before on this podcast. And if you haven't heard that, or if you've, or if you're unfamiliar with that term, what really what cognitive dissonance means to me, and I'm sure there's other definitions I have for the it. Definition here. Do you have it? You just want to read it? The okay. state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. Okay, I think that. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. For me, I'll just explain it with a feeling that yeah, I get. Okay. Maybe that'll help. Is that when you're confronted with something? That challenges something that you believe. Yes. You just, I, I feel like it's like two billiard balls, yeah. like smashing into each other. Okay. There's no, like, no, like, there's no melt, like, there's no melding there. Right. It's just, it's just that clash. Right. And you can either accept to or recognize or recognize that there's there's something there. Right. There's something there that just isn't right. Right. And that's your brain telling you, I've got to look at, I've got to yes. look at this differently. Or I've got to inv- at least I got to inv- oh, at least I love that at least I have to investigate it. Yes, and that's what we need to do. We're yes. humans. We have to investigate. We have to know more. We have to know deeper things. Use that mind. This thing is so rare. Mm-hmm. 
it, and it, that you're not getting that information from a YouTube video. I also just have to say that mm-hmm. people questioning the 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 decisions of the CDC, a billion dollar investment institution mm-hmm. dedicated to healthcare and diseases, yeah. are coming up with protocol. But because you watched a 10 minute video on YouTube, you're questioning everything that CDC has done. <laughs> right. Like yeah. the con- there's the limit. There's a there's a way of going about it. Well, yeah, because you have to, you have to be informed to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like you have you have to like intelligence starts with knowing what you don't know. Right. And then and then going from there. Right. Because in order to be, admit that you don't know something is the first step in, in understanding. I mean, we've said that a million times, but that I think is what college changed for me is mm-hmm. like i do that i thought so ignorantly and we know, have proof through your facebook that you did too um, oh gosh all of the time <laughs> i'm reminded all of the time i was going to i had a couple i'd say uh, that i was going to i was going to okay. read next, time, uh, we'll next time we'll do that but just that it, i love your billiard billiard ball anal- analogy because uh, when when those two balls strike one another they bounce away from each other mm-hmm. Now, without you recognizing cognitive dissonance, you could just allow for that separation. But instead, let that let that reaction happen. The two opposing ideas clash and then separate. But to recognize, whoa, that was there's a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. There's a dynamic there happening. I need to question why. Yeah, it's not so much the information that is clashing with your thought that is making that you need to question. It's the fact that they're clashing. Yeah. That you that is what you question. And that doesn't necessarily mean that what the held believe, your billiard ball, yes, that was already present in your mind that got clashed with outside information mm-hmm. is necessarily in, is wrong. But it's it means that you have to then question it, it, it you have the responsibility to question it. Otherwise, right. Something bad happens over time. When you start to close off and you start to ignore that tension that you get in your in your brain mm-hmm. when when competing ideas or competing information is going is being transmitted through your brain, if you don't resolve that, over time you start taking in new info. You start you start almost subcon you almost sub- you subconsciously start to s- you start to stop taking in mm-hmm. new information. Right. And then you become so closed off that you're just you're you're impervious impenetrable mm-hmm. to, to change mm-hmm. and we're not built to not change right as much as we try to not to yeah i think you need a sign that says that we're not built not to change yeah <laughs> <laughs> um one one thing i just kind of want to bring it around is with this obama gate mm-hmm. uh, i posted it because you and i had talked about it but i mean come on if this is such a travesty so criminal from four years ago, why is Trump just now saying something? Motiv- and if that yeah, doesn't get you motivation. to question, yeah. then you're 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 not practicing what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I'll give an example. When Trump was talking about injecting cleaning solutions, yeah, and looked over for confirmation from the professionals, we'll, we're looking into it, right? And then everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? And then Trump supporters, who I know personally and from what I've seen online, are like, you guys are stupid. He didn't say that. That's not what he was saying. Okay, fair. That's your argument. Except for the next day, Trump says, I wasn't being serious. I was being sarcastic. That is an admittance of him saying it. Mm -hmm. So your defense of him not saying it 
is wrong. Yeah. He did say it. And there was somebody who came at me and was like, he didn't say that. And I'm like, dude, he admitted he said it. Mm-hmm. How can you say he didn't say it? Yeah. Bring it back around to Obamagate. Why is he saying it now? It's all a part of the plan. And this is me being conspiracy. This is me. Maybe not. But this is me telling you there's alternative motives for him. Play puppets. He knows what he's doing. And we're he all may, he may not know, but the people around him. do. Right. We're all sheeple and we're just we're just idiots because we oppose Trump. We're I, sheeple. I, I love the wake up. Like, right. You better wake up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Have I been asleep? Yeah. Us. <laughs> this dude. If you've said the word Obamagate. In a in in a term or in a sense of like this is something that's happening or is, has happened, how how can you call anybody else sheeple? Listen, there's historical evidence of shady shady shit going on throughout the government mm-hmm. with individuals, with organizations, whatever. I get that waking up if you if you are blindly saying the government is altruistic and it's all there to just protect us and save us. Again, you have to question things. You mm-hmm. have to ask questions. But if this is such a travesty and if this is so criminal, why now? Yeah. Seems very timely. It's very timely. He's he's either he's either seeing this as a short run gain, short run game that it's just deflect off of it's an it's He's he's realized that everything else he's tried to do to deflect from his failings of of the yep. combat uh, coronavirus this is just an, the next iteration in that to try to get the conversation off mm-hmm. or it's, or I mean, it could be dual purpose. He's, I mean, he is setting it up to delegitimize the election in 20 in, in 2020 this yeah. year in November. If he should, should he lose? If he, this is a man that called a, like, an election that he won rigged, rigged, what do you think he's going to do to an election that he loses? Mm-hmm. I think we should end there. Yeah. Just think about that. Question that. Jake, good luck. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Leave messages for Jake. Uh, suggestions for when he comes back. Ideas. Um, positive vibes, prayers, and thoughts um, as he goes through this and finds new tools to manage. Um, and uh, this is an hour and 45 minutes long. So uh, <laughs> if you made it to the end, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, we had, we went longer cause I'm on vacation. So that's what happens when there's no yeah. time restriction. And we haven't had a chance to really sit down and talk. Right. Well, so. um, CJ will be back. I'm not sure when I'll have to figure that out with him. Um, and then we'll do our guilty pleasures. Yeah. Um, but uh, stay tuned for more and uh, challenge your thoughts. Fools challenge them. <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you.